welcome now on this episode is continuing from uh, what I was recording yesterday actually in Paris uh, today I'm in Lyon and on the way to the International Place Branding Association conference um, in Barcelona and I'm doing a few of these episodes to kind of unblock myself from being able to speak about the the academic research that I've been doing. Um, because at the end of the day, sometimes it's it's difficult to just warm up and get into the mood. And I want to make the most out of the conference. I'll be surrounded by people with very similar interests. And it's pointless to be shy. <laughs> and not even shy, but just not to have warmed up. Uh, thinking about the common space of ideas that we want to inhabit together. And uh, yesterday I was talking about one of the areas of the conference where I'll contribute, which is in the, the artwork gallery. Uh, but this one will be focused on the broader PhD research program, um, which I'll be talking about in the conference. There is a doctoral colloquium um, not that many of us going in, but I'll be interested to hear what the others are working on because there is such a camaraderie in the people that are on this PhD journey because uh, not many others can empathize. It's uh, not too special, but it's a slog. It's, it takes uh, breaking your mind and putting it back together, and that's always testing. Uh, but I'll be willing to walk the path of their PhD journey and I would expect them to be interested in the stuff that I'm, I'm talking about. Because um, I do think at the end of the day there is such a, such a thing as you know, common meeting places of ideas and actually that makes me think about a, a crazy idea I've had recently that is not necessarily related to the PhD but I guess it's you can never know what's related at this stage as it's a process of uncovering stuff and learning I mean at the end of the day there is data there is something I'm going to submit right I'm going to write but some of these ideas that I've discovered and applied to my own life sometimes have been more useful um, but I <laughs> I've had this crazy idea that using the language of geography for philosophical discussion may actually be uh, productive for showing the ideas in their best possible version for others to engage with. And what I mean by this is um, some of the, even if they're just working at the metaphor level, things like landscape, place, uh, space, coordinates might be good, you know, you know, for discussing where ideas are in relation to one another. Because I think that there's something about ideas that when you present them in the traditional binary way, it's either this extreme or that extreme, and no, no, actually I'm talking about the middle of this. This is limiting and for the interpretation of people because it's, it's very two-dimensional. And if, if you're able to present a landscape of ideas, 
a certain where where in a landscape an idea is positioned, you know, in the landscape of other ideas, um, shows that variability. It's more real. It's more uh, rough, you know, in the world of fractal geometry. You know, it's it's kind of exact if you wanted to boil it down because you could point the coordinates on that landscape, but people seem to take in information more if they're presented with a landscape. And then within that landscape, then in that context, there is the idea we want to talk about. So then you're able to get a better feedback. And even more specifically, maybe if you just, instead of presenting two extremes and then the middle in presenting ideas, maybe if you at least present four quadrants and delineate an area if you're going to be getting more specific and from a landscape moving to a specific area i don't know why it has to have four corners but naturally i guess i'm going towards when it's more specific it becomes more geometric and more algebraic but then you're able to show some of the combination of a phenomenon being delineated as an area right the, it's uh, not just minimum and maximum, but where two axes are interacting, so presented that way. But I think this is something that I've just thought about on the side on how to present this. And let's see if I'll be able to use it today to kind of unblock myself from talking about the broader PhD project because. The, mo the biggest difficulty is where do you start from on the journey of presenting, you know, your broad research project? Because it's oftentimes way broader than an academic article, which needs to be very specific. Um, I'm just crossing over the bridge in Lyon, so maybe the cars are getting a bit noisy, but these podcasts have never had great audio quality that's why i never listen back to them i just release them into the ether so if we if there was a landscape of, of ideas uh that my phd is situated in then they're definitely uh amongst the ideas borrowed from human geography and around place this is why I'm going to the International Place Branding Association conference. And behavioral economics, uh, be and specifically the debates around uh, how do people make decisions. Uh, and I think there is a, then ultimately a broader discussion to be had around the, the philosophy of this landscape of ideas where. Um, I start off as uh, a realist, uh, there is a real landscape out there of a world that we engage in. The way we get to understand it though might not be an exact representation of that reality, it might be indirect a little bit. Um, and that's why being interested in decision making within um, a context like uh, places, you know, how do people choose where to live is kind of the, this one of the more special, specific questions. 
Um, it makes sense to actually look at not just the outcomes of the choices, but the experience of making the choices. So how does it feel to make such big life decisions as choosing where to live? Or is it a big decision at all? Um, so when it comes to the broader PhD project, so I don't think from the place literature on making any claims that are not within kind of the mainstream i think you know the fact that place is uh you know constructed by a tripartite you know split in three uh, uh, aspects thing uh, phenomenon uh, it's got a location uh coordinates whatever that is it's got people that interact with each other and then from that interaction with themselves with each other and with the uh, with the place with the location sorry uh emerges this uh, sense of place and how that emerges is still within the realms of uh not strictly science i guess because we don't have the exact uh mechanism by which this happens although th this is why my interests have broadened from pure behavioral economics to broader cognitive sciences and some you know, in my free time so how do we make meaning how do we uh, construct meaning given that there is such a thing as reality and a social reality very much there so while places are in that tripartite definition kind of set, the, the model doesn't offer enough dynamism and uh, how place changes over time uh, and how we interact with it over time is something that I think needs to be brought in a bit more. So some of the, the ways in which I talk about place in my uh, PhD is very much about change over time, you know, and always changing, ever becoming reality, even though it's real, it is in motion. Yes. Uh, stuff is changing, and we change as well. So, time is a very, very much a big part of, of the discussion. And the experience that we've got of a place in each moment is actually a very interesting way to try to get at phenomenological aspects of you know experience what is it like for people to make decisions so this has always been the kind of uh, trojan horse methodologically for me because i was i came into this interest in behavior economics and how do people make decisions and my supervisory team is interested in uh, places gary warnaby is uh, very much interested in the place. And then Ben Lupton is interested in how graduates uh, choose where to live. And that's kind of how the funding came about, attracting people to the greater Manchester area. So um, I guess out of this uh, soup of interests came about the approach to asking people about place 
uh, you know, the places they've lived in, where they're from, uh, aspects of attachment to, to different places, um, uh, perceptions of those places and the places they visited and those that they would consider living in. So basically um, asking them about their life story, but by focusing on on places and I've, I've got this strong guess at describing place because place is such an emergent phenomenon that you know we kind of construct and it has that individual component it's a it's a nice proxy for when people talk about the places they've been at for them to open up about their needs their ideas of what the good life is what's quality of place um, and how they make how does it feel to make those decisions so uh, this is always a hard problem philosophically to get people to talk about uh, their experiences and trusting them uh, you know, in some fields like the harder you know, the more uh, strictly scientific or you know quantitative behavior economics uh, would almost deny the the replicability of, of such a study as the one I'm doing, right? So that's the problem. But uh, it's I'm researching it in that way, not because I'm saying it's not scientific. It's that it's the only way we can get at understanding what it's like for people to have a conscious experience while they're choosing where to live. So that's why I mean the title is at the moment how is locational choice experienced and influenced. So there is the experience inside. I've also got um, the interviews with uh, people that are place masters more broadly, or people that are responsible for attracting others to, to cities, uh, to different actually scales. I've got regions, cities, down to uh, a city center. And I, I do have a, an interview scheduled with a, a street performer just to get that scale as well. So looking at the, the variety of scale of place as well. Uh, so from the, that's kind of the place area of the landscape where my PhD is situated. On the behavioral economics side, I was actually just listening to a podcast by Dan Sperber, who is, I don't know if he's a social psychologist or an evolutionary psychologist, uh, what he classifies that, but his work with Hugo Marcier on the social aspects of uh, decision-making has been an influence to an extent, uh, but mainly it has been the works of Daniel Kahneman and Amos Tversky as well as the opposing view of Gertrudeanzer so let's talk about these three areas so uh, let's get close to this landscape uh, from the furthest away in uh, the, the social aspects or what Sperber talks about is a track 
attraction, uh, cultural attraction theory. And Mercier also talks more individually about the reasons why we we evolve to convince others and attempt to justify our actions as a post-fact uh, rationalization uh, rather than decision-making. So rationality, as they see it, is something that is not in the driver's seat. And I am convinced that that's the, the case from multiple experiences uh, and some meditative practice that helps to realize that the, the most deeply conscious, like most cognitive aspect of our being is the last one to hear about things. <laughs> so, but that's literature that I'm not that familiar with, right? So that's the furthest away on the landscape. The closer you get, it's uh, Kahneman and Tversky work and everybody that's under the umbrella of what has become known as behavior economics. Uh, but there are psychologists and people from the cognitive sciences, right? Studying how our rationality fails to meet the standards of uh, full rationality, uh, being logically coherent, self-interested, and uh, you know, persistent all the time, being the same. And they've listed multiple biases. I set off this PhD project trying to figure out why people are so biased against uh, me as a Bulgarian. I don't know. I think, I think that's, that's probably the deep-seated uh, need that I had just to just go. I, I really don't get why you're so biased towards me as a Bulgarian. Even though I kind of know we have stereotypes that are true. Uh, why I also love my own country and where I'm from, my own place actually, my own country. Yeah, uh, we're not amazing now, right, but we've been in the past and there's plenty for the future. So it's taken me loads of reading to figure out that identifying what this, what is a bias it always takes someone from the outside making that judgment and within behavior economics that judgment is always a comparison to standard rationality models uh, of kind of expected axiomatic behavior you know what you should be doing is a hyper rational almost person and that's difficult to justify and this is where we're getting close to the most um, of the literature that i'm really familiar with uh, from the work Gerd and collaborators that, that study actually in detail how do people make decisions and how the heuristics that they use might seem irrational from the outside and biased but they do them for a reason right so how what are the patterns that they're catching uh, from experience and translating it into trying to convince us that that's something that rationalizes and justifies their behavior to us uh, so but then how they make the decisions is probably intuitive and those heuristics will be always difficult to get at uh, neuroscientists might 
do scans, uh, which show the structure of where con cognition is located, matching that with philosophical uh, perspectives might help us progress. But I feel like this is at the, you know, it's a, it's a current frontier. And that's why uh, when I embarked on this, I'm like, I'm trying to bring something that's the latest to the table. So I've steadily been going down that way rather than um, sticking to the just heuristics and biases focus, uh, the, the biases focus only in the heuristics and biases school of thought from Kahneman and Tversky, which you know, is great. Like they've contributed so much since the 70s. I'm just trying to see in detail how the people choose where to live, right? And the helpfulness of this approach uh, I've seen in my day job uh, in my research lab uh, where I work on government contracts where we ask people in detail how they make decisions so we can map those into digital design and I think that a similar thing would be appropriate for how people choose where to live and what their perceptions of places are because uh, marketing shouldn't be just about grabbing attention towards a place it should be about understanding how to make it easier uh, for, for people to make decisions, how to reduce friction. And that's always going to be motivated, right? In marketing towards pulling to whoever's financing, sure. But why stick to communication that just grabs attention rather than make things easier? And how to make things easier is going to be the, the focus of the, the next podcast because that's kind of the working paper one of the you know second publication from the PhD that I'm working on as well for this conference, which looks at in the context of an attention economy where we're seeing the negative effects of just attention grabbing. You know, uh, kids are getting Tourette's from TikTok. Um, should place branding be just about uh, grabbing attention? What's the point of that? Why should I know that Kyrgyzstan is a good place? Why should I be bombarded with I heart New York? Is this what we should be spending our time on? Is this meaningful? Does it work? Uh, so for now, the PhD is still ongoing. I'm analyzing data. So this is why it's not, you know, fully presentable as, you know, it's this idea, isn't it? But I, I feel like I'm getting more and more confident about talking about ideas that are working progress uh, as, as honestly as I can because I've got nothing to lose. I've only got to gain from the feedback that I might get. The only way I lose is when I don't present the ideas in, in the detail that's necessary for people to really give the right feedback. So that's the only... Uh, aspect of the conference I'm afraid of that I'll go in I'll say a few things and people go this reminds me of this thing that I'm interested in quickly try to convince me that that's probably the best thing but you know that will happen it's fine uh, so probably need to learn how to share my my work in, in, in a bit more short uh, in short chunks this is why I'm going through this process of speaking them out in the details so that I can compress them into smaller bits later.
and be a bit clearer when I present them to others at the conference. All right, I think that's it.